freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is bumper sticker wisdom, and I think bumper stickers have changed over the years, and it could be a natural and expected progression in the age of keyboard warriors and social media memes, but it feels to me that they used to be fun little trivia tidbits about our fellow motorists, but nowadays they seem more pointed outward, like angry little gum-backed fingers pointing and judging the other travelers on the road. And somehow I think that too many of us have become human versions of those stickers. Too many of us seem more interested in condemning others than in getting to know our neighbors. But the upside, I think, is that in this current culture we find ourselves, uh, it's created a hunger for belonging and we are famished for connectedness which may account for the surge we are seeing in people coming into the welcoming and highly social sport of shooting. We have the well-armed woman that is in five years has a chapter in all 50 states. We have the pink pistols that's out there bringing the LGBTQ community together. We have lots of of shooting opportunities, clubs for youths, and uh, we are joined by this hunger not only for belonging but also for liberty and freedom, and we are never going to be swayed by the small-mindedness of those who judge others through and are driven by bumper sticker wisdom. Well, we are excited about our next guest, Michael Sodini. He is the founder of Walk the Talk America, WTTA. Michael is a third-generation firearms industry professional and is known to many as the most ungun gun guy. He's the president of Eagle Imports Incorporated that imports fine firearms from all over the world, such as Bursa, Lama, Metro Arms, Grand Power, and Avidity Arms. And his Walk the Talk America initiative is a nonprofit organization dedicated to making positive change in relationship to mental health and firearm awareness. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks, Cheryl. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Well, absolutely. And actually, you're sitting in the hero seat today because um, I said at the top of the show, I, I had, I, I'm a bonehead. I had you on the wrong day and you didn't <laughs> bail on me. You just said, just move me to a different slot. And you're so hero status. Thank you so much. You're awesome. No, it, it happens. I completely understand. I didn't want to miss the opportunity to talk to you, but <laughs> we'll get through it. <laughs> we will get through it. So dive into the story about Eagle Imports. There's a bit of a story there. 
Yes, there is. Um, so basically, I, as you mentioned in my intro, I'm third generation. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather and my uncle owned Eagle Imports. They've been in the industry, or they were in the industry when they were alive, um, for over 30 years. Um, so the industry means something to us. Uh, but we're originally from New Jersey, uh, not, not a very popular gun state. So right. my whole life, when I would tell people, people what my family does, they're and I tell them where they live. They're like in New Jersey, really? Like, <laughs> how does that <laughs> you know, work? One of the, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, Eagle Imports. Basically, you know, I, I grew up around it. I grew up around the people in the industry. Um, but I didn't grow up in the industry. I didn't get into the industry until 2006. I was always around it. Um, it, you know, it's one of those things where. Uh, it kind of helped me get a perspective on on the other side of things. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was doing things with hunters. You don't hunt in Jersey. Well, you do in some parts of Jersey, but not where I'm from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was a city boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, Eagle Imports, basically what we do is we bring in guns from all over the world. um, And the easiest way to explain it is we represent gun manufacturers who aren't big enough to have their own manufacturing in the United States. Uh, and we handle everything for them, for their customer service, to their warranty, to their sales. Uh, we build their brand for them in the U.S., and that's, that's basically what we do. We have Bursa, Grand Power, uh, Metro Arm, Avidity, uh, you know, a lot of lines underneath the umbrella. So, so Avidity, is. help me understand, every time I see a picture of Avidity Arms, Rob Pincus is connected to it. How, how, what's the connection there? The connect, uh, well, for, <laughs> funny. Rob is is a dear friend of mine. Uh, we met in Iwa uh, years ago, in a in a lobby, and he's like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm from Jersey. I've been guns in the U.S." And he's like, "I'm from Jersey. And my first gun, <laughs> my first carry gun was a Bursa." And then we became friends after that. I Rob is my partner in it. He is he is um, he basically designed the gun, and I'm the guy that kind of put the funding up for the gun. Um, and it's been a slow, slow process because we, we, we're doing it ourselves. <laughs> so that's my connection with Rob. I love um, it. You know, Rob and I collaborate <laughs> on so many different things. You know, he's a great guy. That is fantastic. So let's talk now about the Walk the Talk America, the WTTA. What, where did that come from? What inspired you to, to form that? Uh, well, I haven't heard the earlier segments today because I had to duck out of a, uh, uh, a conference, but it sounds like like some of the things you might have been talking about inspired it. But but what really inspired it was, uh, it, it, when I came back to to Jersey to work for for Eagle in 2006, I had a a friend who was actually the president of the company, and he was going to stay the president of the company, um, you know, as long as I worked there mm-hmm. and. Uh, basically had gone through something very traumatic mm. and and one day out of nowhere decided to take his own life with a firearm from our office that just all of our firearms are locked up obviously yes. we're a responsible company but yes. um you know he battled something that was traumatic and he took his own life so uh, with a firearm and yeah it's you know it's very tough to talk about but still it's something that needs to be talked about because mm-hmm. when it happened it was kind of like we were all quiet about it, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just so shocking. Um, and back then, my mind wasn't wasn't set to think about things like, you know, mental illness and things like that. It's more like you're trying to look for answers. So, um, 
basically I started to realize that I, I'm around mental illness a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost, uh, one of those things where I, I saw it in other families. I saw how it affected people. I saw it, how it affected people in our industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are cut to 2018. It seems like all we want to do is play, you know, identity politics, mm. um, divide each other and not get to the core problems or try to at least make an attempt at solving them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so WTTA was inspired by me wanting to make a positive change with the positive people that I know in the gun industry and with the positive people I see outside of the gun industry that I knew, I know I can communicate with to get something done. That is phenomenal. And, you know, I love that, you know, so often people are like, well, I'm just one person. What can I possibly do? But you're one of the people that I love that says, I'm just one person, but you know what? I know a bunch of other one people who will come together and work towards a solution. So thank you for that. And Let me tell you, yeah, I appreciate it. But let me tell you something, because this is important to me, and I think it should be important to your listeners. Mm-hmm. I, I was one of those people that said I was uh, one person. What could I do? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what I could do. I'm living proof. I'm a punk kid from New Jersey. Like I am living proof. You can do anything that you want when you put your mind to it or, or you're driven. Mm. Uh, one person can make a change. The changes that I'm already made reaching out to the other side, which is mental health America. And, I, and we can get into that with what I'm doing with walk the talk America. Mental health America is, is a, a partner company. It's the longest, oldest running mental health organization that uh, that I threw a Hail Mary to. I kind of wrote this Jerry Maguire-style <laughs> memo, like, email that I threw it out there and was like, oh, boy, I wonder how they'll take this as the gun guy. And they responded. Um, and and here we are today with the Walk to Talk America and the initiatives we're doing. But I'm one guy that mm. basically woke up with an idea, and, and now I'm implementing it, and it's making change already. So, <laughs> you know, I love that. One that is beyond fantastic. I have goosebumps. That was amazing how you, you put all that together. And, you know, even that, you know, reaching out to a community, the mental health community, you know, you, you might have just been shut down. But that, you didn't let that stop you. And uh, I, I love that. So what's on the horizon for WTTA? Well, what's on the horizon for WTTA is that we are working hand-in-hand with the mental health uh, industry, obviously. Um, my goal with Walk to Talk America was I wanted to work uh, with the other side to get things done. Uh, I'm going to let the legislators and people fight over laws. They can go do that. Um, while they're doing that, people are dying mm-hmm. or people are suffering from the stigma of mental health. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is give people an opportunity to say, look, while you guys are talking over there, we're going to actually do something and get something done. So we're, we're I know, it's, I <laughs> it's love a crazy it. concept, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, so so basically what I did is I reached out to them. It's actually, real quick, interesting story about how this happened. I, I was at a dinner one night mm-hmm. in, uh, in New Orleans, and me and my national, uh, national sales manager, Rafael DeValle, we invited a lady who was dining by herself or going to dine by herself to sit with us. And she said to us, how does this whole school, sh- school shooting thing work? You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not into guns, but I'm curious how it, it affects you. And basically she said something like, you know, explain how the circle goes and what gets done about it. Mm. And I said, well, people blame the gun. 
we blame mental health, and then nothing gets done, mm. right? right? And uh, she's like, well, what are you doing with the mental health Amer- or mental health, right? The mental health industry to actually make a change because it seems like you'd be working hand in hand with them, mm-hmm. right? If you've already identified the problem, and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh boy, not much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to take away from the people. That's not to take away from some of the organizations that are working with suicide prevention. I know NSSF has a program that they, they're running around and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But I wanted to get in the weeds of mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I found out that basically uh, Mental Health America doesn't take a stance on guns because they don't think it's right and they don't believe in stigmas. As they do not believe that blaming mental health yes. for gun violence that creates a stigma. Yes. And what they taught me was less than 5% of people that actually commit violence on other people. Ooh, I think we just lost him. Oh my gosh. Well, I uh, I was going to Psychopath There you go. Sorry, we lost you for a second, but you're back. Oop. Are you there? There you are. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the middle of a <laughs> like But anyways, um, so basically what I was saying was, you know, the stigma that's created when it, when it, when people say that they don't realize what they're doing because that makes someone who has a mental illness problem, not want to go get help. Yes. So you see, true. Like, and that's, thank you for saying and that's that. where we get the kind of, the, you know, mental health of America likes to use the phrase before stage four, so before stage four cancer, right? If you mm-hmm. have a lump on your arm. Mm-hmm. And you just wait, you wait, you wait. Then eventually the only time to go to the doctor is when it's too late. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to get into the weeds. I want to find people and let them know it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to own guns and battle mental health uh, issues and basically make change, give them resources, education, safety, outreach. Those are the things that we are focusing on. Um programs to help people have a place to go or know they're not alone that's that's what we want to do that's awesome i love it well i will let you get back to your conference thank you so much for uh rescheduling with me today and thank you so much for what you're doing with the walk the talk america i encourage everybody to go to walkthetalkamerica.org and just as we go out michael how can people follow all of the work you're doing with both uh, Eagle Imports as well as the, the Walk and Talk initiative? How can they donate? That sort of thing. You can go to eagleimports.com um, and anything that has to do with Walk the Talk America, you can visit walkthetalkamerica.org or you can find us on all social medias. We're under Walk the Talk US, mm. uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, we actually will be kicking off uh, officially our site this week where we will be taking donations. So stay tuned for that. Uh, keep looking for the updates. Um, I'm always around, too. I, I, go, I do a lot of speaking engagements with people like Rob Pincus and Maj Torrey from Black Guns Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are all places that, that you can contact me. You can contact me personally. If you, wanna, if you have a story you want to make change, please do. So. So awesome. Thank you again so much. We will definitely be checking back in with you and see how that's all going. And um, man, just amazing work, important work. Thank you, Michael Sodini. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. 
Wow, that's incredible. One man, what what one can do. I'm always inspired by that. Stick around. We have on the other side of these messages, Larry Sharp. Now, Larry Sharp is a libertarian candidate running for the office of governor of New York. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, if you've missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, all 128 other episodes that we have posted there. And if you want to put a face with a voice, click the Guest tab. You'll see photos, bios, and links to all the work of all the guests we've ever had on the show it is a great resource, and we do not hate it when you spend some time there. All right, our next guest is Mr. Larry Sharp. Now, he is a Bronx native, a Marine Corps veteran, and an entrepreneur. He is running for the office of Governor of New York and is a libertarian candidate in order to make education more effective through innovation, reform the criminal justice system, to focus on rehabilitation, and to build an economy that works for all of New York State. Welcome to the show, Larry. Hey, how are you doing? 
I am doing great. And this sounds like a big job, but what an incredible opportunity for the state of New York to bring in someone with libertarian thoughts and ideas and values. I, I am I am just excited at the possibility that you present. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very important that people understand that a third party is the right way right now. The Libertarian Party is the only party that says you can be as liberal as you want to be or as conservative as you want to be, as long as you don't force your views on others. I don't know why people are constantly trying to make everyone like them. Mm. One city in a state as large as New York should not be running the entire state. So true. So, of course, our show called Gun Freedom Radio, we have a lot of people that uh, are, are focused on Second Amendment issues that listen in. And they're people that are Democrats, there's Republicans, there's independents. We have every uh, area of the spectrum that, that listen to our show because we aren't trying to ram anything down anybody's throats. And we're trying to cause people to think and question and find out answers for themselves. And so with our pro-2A uh, listeners all across the country and in New York, th the SAFE Act that's going on there in yes. New York, tell folks, like, what is the SAFE Act? And I know that's one of the areas that you are really looking to repeal should you be elected. Yeah, the SAFE Act is an act in New York State that basically was supposed to make us safer. It doesn't. It actually just made a bunch of New Yorkers who are gun owners criminals overnight, mm. literally millions of, of New Yorkers criminals overnight by telling people that a certain type of ammunition, I'm sorry, a certain amount of ammunition is, is illegal or a pla piece of plastic on your weapon is no longer good anymore. Mm. And people went to bed legal gun owners and woke up criminals. Crazy. And again, no one is safer from this. The, the issue here is it was marketed very well. I mean, literally, they put safe in the, in the act. I mean, it's great <laughs> marketing. They did it right after Sandy Hook when people were afraid. Mm. The marketing was well done, but the actual outcome was useless. And we can end the SAFE Act. People say that we can't. I hear it all the time. The Democrats in my state say SAFE Act is wonderful, doesn't go far enough. Let's add red flag laws. Let's keep going forward. The Republicans say, oh, we can't do anything. I'm so sorry. We can't do anything. But they were the ones who helped get it done in 2013. They've funded it and backed it for the past five years. Mm. I'm telling you it can be done. Here's how. The first step, when I'm elected governor, by 2019, I will begin to pardon people who are victims of the SAFE Act. Mm. What does that mean? If you were convicted of a SAFE Act violation, that violation will be pardoned. Now, if you did something else bad, you stay in jail for that. Mm -hmm. But whatever uh, safe act violation you did is gone. I don't want people going to jail because they had 11 rounds in their magazine versus seven. I want them going to jail because they did something bad. They hurt somebody or did something. Then mm -hmm. you should go to jail. Mm -hmm. But not just that. I also have to make sure that our law enforcement knows this is the lowest priority of enforcement. Mm. And most law enforcement is going to be very happy about that. Most cops... They don't want to go around counting your, your bullets in your magazine or, or seeing what piece of plastic you happen to put on your rifle. They'd rather go out and get bad guys and put them in jail. So mm. they're going to be very happy to hear that. In fact, to be full with you, some of the law enforcement in New York State, I don't actually have control over. But when I actually say it, they're going to use it as an excuse to not have to enforce a SAFE Act. I mm -hmm. know that because they tell me this. I've been traveling the state for over a year talking to law enforcement, and they're very happy to hear this. I'm also going to make sure that to the best of my ability, there's no funding or any push towards supporting the SAFE Act in any way, shape, or form. Now, when that happens, that will make lots of people angry. I know that. There's going to probably be lawsuits. 
and people upset at me, and the press is going to attack me. I know, but they're going to do it anyway. I'm going to be a libertarian <laughs> governor in a state that's, you know, Republican and Democrat, heavily Democrat. They're going to be attacking me anyway. It's mm-hmm. another thing that's going to be on my plate. I'm going to be. I'm probably going to be in court most of my uh, of my uh, term anyway. So it's fine. But while I'm doing that, here's the best part: that one year of the Safe Act being virtually useless. If the people of New York State get behind me, there are over 4 million gun owners in New York State, probably more like 6 or 7 million, but we don't know because the Safe Act makes people not want to report their guns anymore. Um, if we do that right and they are behind me and they're calling their assembly and they're calling the Senate saying, Governor Sharp has made this basically useless. Why do we still have it? When I've flown air cover for the assembly, for the Senate, by 2020, when I say, guys, it's time to repeal, they'll actually repeal it. That's how we get it done. It'll take over a year, but it can be done as long as we have the moral courage to make this happen. See, I love that. You don't just have like a campaign promise. You have a plan laid out before you. You've considered a lot of the angles and uh, the people and the way that they're going to react. What do we say? Normalize the suck? Like you've just, you know, (laughs) you've normalized that you're going to get pushback and where that's going to come from. Yes, absolutely. I'm not fooling myself. I'm not going to walk in it. Look, I don't want to be the emperor anyway. That's not, I'm a libertarian. The mm-hmm. last thing I want to be is controlling, right? I mm-hmm. want to give people individual freedom and individual rights to do the right thing. But I also I want to change culture. The important piece of letting that year go by is when the year goes by, here's what I know. There's not going to be shootouts in the streets. There's not going to be a zombie apocalypse. That's not going to happen. And when that doesn't happen, the people will actually say, wow, he's right. Mm -hmm. We didn't really have the safe access last year, and and there weren't shootouts in the streets. It wasn't the Wild West. Huh. Maybe he's right. And this is the goal to change the culture to where we don't want to have the SAFE Act anymore. I want to make New York State a more pro-2A state. I don't just want to force things down people's throats, and then they still hate the Second Amendment. That's not the right answer. Exactly. And I I always say, look at Arizona, where we're sitting. We are a real-life, real-time experiment where we have constitutional carry, and there is not uh, shootouts and blood running in the streets like everybody was afraid of when we we took away the um, the need for a license. Um, so we're, yes. we're already almost out of time, and I hate it. I'm going to have to bring you back on. There's so much to talk about. But just quickly, what is your top priority if you're elected governor? And then tell folks how they can learn more about your campaign and support your campaign. Look, here's the reality. This is a winnable race because people want change. And I'm reaching unhappy Democrats, unhappy Republicans, and I'm reaching people who don't vote. 70% of New Yorkers don't vote. They're coming out to my events all the time. Mm -hmm. So this is a winnable race because my priorities are economy, corruption, and individual rights. That's what people care about. Mm -hmm. Those three things they want to do. And if you want to help me out, you go to LarrySharp.com or LarrySharp for New York. And that's sharp with an E, and the E stands for electable. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for all you're doing. Thank you for your service to our country as a Marine. And uh, we're going to check in. When when is the election over there? November 6th. So remember, vote November 6th, LarrySharp.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Larry. We'll check in with you soon. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around. We have Dr. John Lott just on the other side of these messages. He is the author of Multiple Guns, 
But the two you'll know the most? More guns, less crime, and the war on guns, arming yourself against gun control lies. Stick around. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are always excited when we have our next guest on, Dr. John Lott. He is the nation's preeminent expert on guns and author of a number of books, including More Guns, Less Crime. And The War on Guns, Arming Yourself Against Gun Control Lies. Dr. John Lott is an American economist, political commentator, and gun rights advocate. And he recently wrote an op-ed, co-wrote actually, an op-ed in the New York Post based on his research that directly refutes the Obama-era claim that America has more mass shootings than any other nation. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lott. Hi, how you doing? Doing great, and you have been one heck of a busy dude lately. Well, thanks. Try to be. <laughs> Doing awesome work. So this op-ed that you, you wrote about refuting uh, a study that was put out by a guy named Lankford, and his study I don't think was even complete, uh, as he would call it, when President Obama started using his work as a basis to put soundbite after soundbite out there into the public airwaves that has now just become part of quote-unquote common knowledge. And it's, it's so non-factual 
I don't know how we're ever going to unring that bell, but your op-ed at least tries. Can you talk to us a little bit about all of that? Sure. Well, I mean, uh, there's this guy named Adam Langford uh, at the University of Alabama. He had uh, a paper where he claimed that over almost 50 years, 47 years from 1966 through 2012, uh, there were 202 mass public shooters outside the United States and 90 within. So that basically meant that 31% of the mass public shooters in the entire world over that whole period of time were located in the United States. And it's something, as you say, uh, President Obama, when he would many times go out and make the claims that the United States was unique in terms of mass public shootings, he would be pointing to that study when anybody would contact the White House to ask for evidence for his claim. But it wasn't just him. Obviously, a lot of the media got hundreds of news stories in the United States, uh, got coverage around the world. I mean, it was something that put the United States in a bad light, and there were lots of places around the world that kind of really like giving the study a lot of attention because it kind of fit in with their negative view of the United States. Anyway, um, when it came out, uh, when it started getting media attention, it was very hard to go and get a copy of the study. Uh, I had asked for it. He wouldn't give it to me. He gave it out to the media. And when a couple of the media places called and asked me for comments, I would say, well, he won't give me a copy of the paper. Will you give it to me? And they mm. said, no, he's he's only giving it out to the media right now. Oh, my gosh. And I tried to say, well, maybe you should be a little concerned about that. Maybe that's a warning sign. Mm-hmm. But even more fundamental, he wouldn't. it's been over three years now, and his paper uh, hasn't... Um, uh, he, he still hasn't given out his list of, of shooters from across the world. He hasn't given out uh, exactly how he went and found all the cases. And so, anyway, after the New York Times had yet another article on it uh, last November, I mean, they've had I don't know how many articles on it, I went and asked uh, him for the data. He wouldn't give it to me, and I finally said to myself, well, you know, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and try to find these cases because I don't know how I, I don't know how to even find <clears throat> cases like mass public shootings in Africa in the 1960s or 70s. Right. Who's keeping 40s. those records? Right. Yeah. Well, I couldn't figure out how to do it. And he wouldn't tell anybody how he had done it. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I went and. um decided to spend about $50,000 to go and do the search. I didn't do it for all 47 years because, Mm -hmm. as I said, I still couldn't figure out how to do it over that whole period of time. So I looked at the last 15 years Mm -hmm. of the time that he looked at. And rather than the United States making up 31% of the mass public shooters, I find it's about 1.4%. So Mm -hmm. given that we make up about... 4.6% 4.6% of the world's population, rather than being dramatically overrepresented, I found that, uh, you know, we're well below the world average. That is, 
I mean, it's not surprising. It, it rings true, but it's just shocking that, you know, in elementary school, in high school, we are told to show our work, right? We don't get to just say, well, I think that this math problem equals this. We have to show our work in order to get a grade in high school. And this guy, his work that he hasn't shown has impacted people in every single city, in every single state across the nation. And it's it's absolutely shocking to me that he's gotten away with that. And here you're trying to come around and and recreate what he said he created and then show your work to say look people that his numbers are completely wrong and the sad thing is i think the only people that are going to hear that are the people that are trying to protect our rights the people that don't want our rights don't respect our rights i don't think they're going to hear you what would you say about that well you may be right i mean uh Obviously, his stuff has gotten cited in all sorts of major media outlets around the world. And uh, I've been able to get some little coverage, in, uh, but it's more in just the conservative media outlets. Well, and so I'm sure, you know, there's relatively few people that are going to end up knowing the other side. But, you know, you do what you can and stuff. Well, you had said recently in, in uh, your newsletter that you send out from the Crime Prevention Research Center, crimeresearch.org, that even with you tried to get the word out with some Facebook ads and didn't have any luck with that. Well, yeah, I mean, the strange thing was, uh, you know, I had a few places like Fox News and... Uh, others that would go and do a story on it but uh you know you go and you try to take out facebook ads for those places uh they wouldn't uh they wouldn't let me run ads for that you know it's just basically uh, so i tried some experiments on it um i tried to take a facebook ad for the new york post and they wouldn't do that so i said well Earlier this year, I had an op-ed in the New York Times. Let's see if I can take a Facebook ad on that. And, of course, there was no problem. Ran it instantly. Uh, you know, so I, I tried a few different combinations of things. Uh, and, you know, if I picked something like the New York Times or whatever, I'd run it instantly. If I picked Fox News or some of the others, I wouldn't get the coverage. So, I mean, it wasn't... Uh, was kind of concerning. Of course it is. As you know, we keep hearing that in, in lots of different avenues that there's censorship going on out there to um, truth, you know, just because it doesn't fit a certain uh, ideology, it doesn't mean it's not true. And it's unfortunate that we're having such a difficult time getting the, the message out there and the truth out there. But, you know, even with all of that, uh, the other study that you uh, wrote about in your uh, newsletter from crimeresearch.org was that our concealed handgun permits are, uh, they're not declining. So that means that people are not uh, moving away from self-defense and uh, Second Amendment issues. Can you talk a little bit about that study? All right. Well, we've been putting out an annual report now for, I guess, five years on the number of concealed carry permits. 
and they've continued going up, though this last year was the smallest increase that we found uh, in the years that we've looked at. It went up about 890000 mm-hmm. over what it was the year before, so there's about 17.3 million concealed carry permits uh, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, I can't remember the exact number, but there's like over uh, almost 15 states where it's over 10% of the adult population with concealed carry permits. And, uh, uh, you know, you have, uh, I think it's four states now that have over a million concealed carry permits that are issued. Uh, So, I mean, it's, and you see big variations. Uh, You know, California and New York have very few permits. Uh, if you take them out, uh, the rest of the country, you're talking about something like about over 8% of the adult population having a concealed carry permit. So, um, you know, it's, it's good to see. And you also see the fact that it's the people that I would argue who benefit the most from having a concealed carry permit, women uh, and uh, minorities, particularly blacks who are the ones that you're seeing the biggest increase in permits. Uh, uh, my research, if it convinced me of anything, it's that there are two groups of people who benefit the most from having permits, people who are most likely to be victims of violent crime, and that overwhelmingly tends to, tends to be poor blacks who live in high-crime urban areas, and people who are relatively weaker physically, you know, women and the elderly. Mm-hmm. And you see a big increase in the number of permits for women. About 20% faster growth over the last six years than you've seen for men. And uh, and uh, for blacks, you've seen a much faster growth for Asians and uh, and for uh, and for blacks than you've seen for whites. That's that's incredible. And it does show that we are a growing community. Well, we have to run, but I just real quickly before we let you go, Dr. John Lott, can you tell folks how they can follow the work that you do? And do you have another book on the way soon? Uh, Well, they can go to our website at uh, crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org, and there's the other book. I don't know. I keep on falling behind on writing, but I'm supposed to be writing something right now. <laughs> so uh, whether I'm going to get my deadline or not, who knows? Well, but uh, we'll try. I love it. Well, we will definitely uh, keep checking back in. And thank you so much for all the work you do. It helps balance the scale of all the nonsense that runs around out there as facts and as real news. Uh, so thank you so much for all you do. Dr. John Lott of the Crime Research Crime Prevention Research Center. Talk to you later. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for being there. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. All right. Crimeresearch.org. Check it out. Get on the newsletter list. It's an incredible resource. And stick around because we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary after this.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this show is also a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to celebrate the ordinary heroes in America. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Well, when we watch action movies we tend to place ourselves in the shoes of the main character. When the good guy or gal is in a tight spot or up against a villainous foe, we try to decide what we might do were we faced with those circumstances. Well, one day recently in Chicago, a responsibly armed citizen had a real life moment of placing himself in the role of Lifesaver when he happened on the scene of what should have been an ordinary traffic stop by local police officers. On a busy freeway, officers were attempting to pull over a driver when danger erupted out of the vehicle and began shooting at the police. In the gun battle that ensued, one officer was shot, not once, but several times by the murderous-minded danger. The combined effort of trained law enforcement and armed citizen were successful in stopping danger's plans. 
and the superintendent of police publicly acknowledged and thanked the concealed carry holder for his actions. We can all be thankful for this citizen who stepped into harm's way in order to help the wounded officer and whose quick thinking actions saved lives that day because he is a responsibly armed citizen. I'm Corey McFerrin. Let's get right to the latest on the shooting of that Cicero police officer. Rafer Weigel joins us now live at Mount Sinai Hospital. Rafer, what do we know? Well, Corey, as you said about that citizen, he may be the reason the suspect is in custody right now. The officer, Cicero PD officer Luis Duarte, 31 years old. He is currently in surgery after being shot four times, twice in the arm, once in the stomach, and once in the leg. He is in stable condition, but officers are asking that you keep him in your prayers. So here's what happened, according to police. Just after 5 o'clock, police, Cicero police, say that they tried to pull over a vehicle at 39th and Cicero. They say that that vehicle took off, but police were able to box him in at the entrance ramp at Cicero and I-55. They say the suspect then got out of the car and fired shots at officers, hitting Duarte four times. They say the shooter then took off on foot. Police gave chase. They say the shooter was running away and firing police at the same time. Witnesses say that as many as 16 shots were fired. Well, as luck would have it, a citizen, according to police, stuck in traffic with a concealed carry permit, got out of his car and fired at the shooter. The suspect was hit one time. Now, we don't know who hit the suspect, whether it was the citizen or police. Here is some scanner audio of the officer calling in after he was hit. So that officer Duarte was taken to Mount Sinai Hospital with a police escort. As I said, he is in surgery after being shot four times. He is expected to survive. The suspect taken to Stroger in critical condition. A few moments ago, Cicero's town president says this shooting so shows that police don't get the respect they deserve. Now, because the offender was shot in Chicago, Chicago PD are handling the criminal investigation. Illinois State Police are handling the admin use of force component. The suspect so far has not been identified. Wow. So it looks like the police, you know how we have 911 to call the police? Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have a three-digit number to call an armed citizen. <laughs> There's a lot of us around. There are a lot of us around. And just imagine the the luck for the, the injured officer that somebody that just happened to be having a bad day by being stuck in traffic right. was there at the right place at the right time with the right training. Um, it's really incredible. And, you know, the first uh, three reports that I pulled up about that, none of them mentioned that an, an armed citizen, a responsibly armed citizen, was part of the solution. There was no mention of them at all. And then uh, one of the, uh, I forget which one, I, I'm sorry for not mentioning it, um, you know, 2A media sites, Second Amendment media sites, finally wrote into the headline. And then after that, I saw that um, Fox had included the, the fact that the armed citizen had uh, been part of the solution. I would like to thank the superintendent, superintendent for the police department for acknowledging that mm -hmm. we got help from a, an armed citizen and also... I this is just a rumor. I haven't able been uh, to able to find out exactly what was going on, but I was told the Chicago Times had mentioned that this is why we shouldn't have concealed carries on our street. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, I'm been, I've been digging for it hard because one of my um, associates that is from Chicago said that the Chicago newspaper said that. Oh, I guess we shouldn't be shocked. But so Chicago, and that's where we're headed uh, this Tomorrow. weekend. Yeah. We're in the studio on Wednesday, uh, September 19th. Um, so when you hear this on, on Saturday, when it actually airs uh, live recorded, we will be at the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Who would have thought <laughs> that they're having a gun rights policy in Chicago? Yeah. Uh, well, the Second Amendment Foundation is smart. I mean, they're taking the physician to those that, that need a doctor, right? Yeah, so, they, they definitely need a doctor. So I think that that's going to be wonderful. Um, and it's... And every year they put it on. Every year it's free to everyone who attends. It's just an incredible meeting of the minds, a meeting of citizens. Um, and it's really great. And so now it's time for Dan's Commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. There's so much news out there, I don't even know where to begin. I know, that's true. But again, you know, just when you think California is safe. Yeah. You know, because all this stuff, I mean, they have all the gun laws. They stopped the straw thing, so now you're safe without straws. <laughs> They're giving needles out to drug users so that we're safe. No sodas or sweet drinks for children in restaurants. But now they really, really are in danger. Hmm. You know what they have uh, decided to do? What, hun? After almost 90 years, mm -hmm. they're going to allow a gun shop <laughs> to have an image of a gun on their window. What? Oh, the I, crowd goes wild. I, can't, I, I don't understand that. I mean, how, how irre irresponsible are they? <laughs> they're going to allow you to put... A picture. It's a picture. You could not have... A line drawing. You could not have a picture or an image of a gun on a billboard or in a gun shop until they they finally For ruled For 95 that. years. Yeah. So this started... This sickness started a long time ago. Oh, it did. I mean, you know, finger guns. Could you, could you stand in front I of the store know, with finger it guns? It seems to me we drove through L.A. and Hollywood and all that, and you see the signs with the guy with a gun in the movies right but yeah you can't have a picture or image of a gun if you're a gun shop so now you can put gun 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 now the the, the biggest challenge is how to keep your gun shop there because they're trying to take those away from you too but i don't really have a, you know there's so much stuff going on I well mean, i think that's the rub right there you can have a picture of a gun in in your the window of your store that oh the store's not legal to be here so it's kind of a hollow victory i didn't know if we were going to be able to get james in there but you brought <laughs> it right in right on time you know there's so much stuff going on i mean all these rights restrictor companies like who would have thought? Now, let's think about this. Back in the old cowboy days, 1800s, everybody walked around with six gun on their side. and It was on their Levi's, right? Mm. They wore Levi's. The, the, America was... At two Levi's. At two. Yeah. I and, mean, really? And now, so Levi's is, is going anti-gun. I 
Maybe they're going to get a better discount at Dick's to sell their Levi's and Dick's Sporting Goods store. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. But we're seeing that so so much now that these big companies that help build America are saying no to guns. Well, you know, we just talked to Dr. John Lott. And for however many years, this other guy, this Lankford guy, his study was being quoted by the president of the United States, President Obama, over and over and over again and used in multiple news sources. So I think that a lot of these companies are basing their decisions on garbage information. False information, right. So well, who do we get mad at? Do we get mad at, at Levi's and Dick's Sporting Goods? Or do yes. we get mad at... Yes, you do. President Obama yes. or Lankford or like yes. the news outlets that, that gobble this and disseminate yes. it without even examining it? Yes. All of them. Google's. All yes. of them, Dan? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Every single one. Hey, I got good news. I yep. mean, all you guys in California, yep. we're going to be coming in October. Yep. And I'm going to bring a whole case of straws. Nice. We're gonna, we'll be straws in Anaheim, for everyone. You Anaheim get a straw. Yes. You get a straw. Yay. Straws for everyone. All right. We got to wrap up. Until next time. Well, first of all, let me thank our crew, our listeners, and our guests. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. I've already told you I'm not doing it. Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.